0: I know, uh, I know there's been several that are sick this week, and so I hope you're tuning in. Let the Lord's presence be with you. Let there be healing right now in the, where you're laying and where you're sitting. We claim it in the name of Jesus. Amen? I want to start in Psalms chapter 139 for a few verses, and then we're going to get into Psalms chapter 23. And as I preach this morning, and I want to just preach from my heart As a believer in Jesus Christ, one who's been in the Word, who's been a person of prayer, I've had a relationship, and I have a relationship with God. I want to draw closer to Him. So as I read these scriptures, especially when we get into Psalms 23, I I'm not coming as an approach of a theologian or going out to a lot of commentaries. I'm coming from a heart of a pastor who's been in the Word of God and pulling out what the Lord is saying to me. There are times we want to dig deep into the the Word studies and all those things, but I just want to, to flow what the Lord is saying to me through His Word that encourages me, that is encouraging you, and I believe that you will be encouraged this morning. But I want to start here in Psalms 139, and I want you to hear this thought. If you're filling out an outline, uh, uh, you know how the process works. In the right-hand corner is kind of that fill-in-the-blank there that you'll see on your sheet. And I want you to get these and hold on to it, but listen to this first one. Know that God already knows you. And I was hoping there had been some folks in in the congregation today that really needed to hear that. Maybe they're going to catch us online later on, but they need to understand, they need to know, God already knows you. They may have heard it, they may have said it, but I want you to understand, it's the truth It's from the Word of God, and this is what David writes, he says, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. But even though you're way out in heaven, you understand my thoughts right here on earth where I'm at. And I want to let you know the same guy that looked over David and saw his heart and heard his thoughts is the same guy that knows you today. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. But I want to let you know you are not alone. He is on your side and he wants to embrace you. He wants you to feel him. Verse 3 says this, You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. How many believes that God inspired David to write these these words of these songs? Listen to this last verse, verse 13. This is what David says, For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I like how the New Living Translation says, You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. He knows every part of your inward delicate parts. So if you have anything going wrong with you, God knows what's happening. Somebody needs to be able to declare that right now if you're, if you're watching, if you're in here, if you need a healing touch, and the doctors don't know what's going on. The, the doctors can't figure it out. I can tell you one physician who can. His name is Jesus. He knows every part of you, and, and there's not one part he's not able to heal. We trust you in this, O oh Lord. We stand on your word today that you are the great physician. By your stripes we are now, I wanted to bring out this verse before we get into Psalms 23. And I want you to understand this. I want to read the first part of Psalm 23. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, as we bring this into context of what we just read, I want to submit that God called David to be a shepherd. God in his, when David was in his mother's womb, God already had a plan of life for him. I, mean, I want you to know today that every one of us have a plan that God has for us. It's up to us to listen to the voice of God to get on that path and follow what He wants. But He has a plan for everyone who's hearing this word today. He has a plan for your life. You're like, this is nothing new. You've heard this before. Somebody needs to hear it again. God has a plan for your life. Now, I believe that God was speaking to, to David, even in, in his mother's womb, God had a, his hand on him, and, and he was calling him to be a shepherd. Why was that important? Not just because his, his family was shepherds. I, I believe that God, I, I don't know how this, how this works. I, I don't know if there's a big baby bank in heaven, and God just picks and begins to plant them on earth, but I, I know this, God knew us in, his, in our mother's wombs, and he began to, to form a path for us, a, A destination for us. He's ordered our steps even before we were born. We see this throughout the scriptures. This is true with, with David this morning. And I believe that God called David to be a shepherd so he could write Psalms 23. No one else could write it if they weren't a shepherd. No one else could write it like that. Yes, he was called to be a king. I know that. But he was called to be a shepherd first. It was the heart of the shepherd who was caring for the flock that, that would leave the 99 to go after one that, that be gave the, the heart for David uh, to be after God's own heart. A heart of compassion and caring. A God a, a, a God moved on him to be a protector. So God ordained the steps of David to write these words, to have those experiences as a shepherd so he could relate and, and write these songs that we enjoy today and that we read and that we have comfort and getting strength from in the, in the book of Psalms. And I want to let you know the same God that called David has called you. You've gone through experiences other people haven't gone through. The enemy may want to try to discourage you in those experiences, but God can turn everything that you've gone through in life to bring glory to him. Every hurt, every pain, every sorrow, every heartache, everything that you went through, God is able to say, I kept you. Look where you're at right now. You're not still there. How many can say right now, I'm, sti- I'm not still there. Uh, I'm not left behind. God has grabbed me and, and pulled me out of darkness into his marvelous light, and his hand is protecting me. He helped me make it through. Amen? So let's get into this Psalms. Again, I just want to preach... From my heart, what the Lord is putting on me and what I'm seeing in these scriptures. But He says this: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." We know when I was a kid, I had a hard time with that. It's like, what does it mean? I'm not supposed to want anything. But as the Lord is saying, I'm not going to be in need of anything. Your needs will be provided by and for through God, through Jesus Christ, when we walk with Him, when we make Him our shepherd when we stay under his protection so I have peace through your presence someone needs to say that to God right now I have peace through your presence he makes me lie down in green pastures he, he leaves me beside the still waters I have peace that's what this picture is about a calm brook that is still that I can get the drink that I need how many lives a busy life (laughs) seems like you're always go 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 and there's no place to stop and and you need some refreshing times you need some refreshing in the lord and it's like it's so busy and what he's saying is don't come to a roaring brook that's what your life is like you need to come over here where i'm calling you where it's peaceful where it's still so you can take of and you can drink but here's the thing we have to go to the brook we have to go to the still waters. They're not going to come to us, right? We've got to go to that and find times of refreshing in the Lord. Help us, O oh God. David found this out. He would get away and alone and pray and begin to write songs to the Lord. Songs out of his experience, songs out of his love for God. Songs of, uh, of being vulnerable what he was facing. If you read through the Psalms, especially David's, you'll find sometimes that he's just pouring it all out. Woe is me, woe is me. But then he always turns praise back to God, but you, God. He's turning things around for you today. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. He's not done with you. He's got a purpose and a plan. Verse 3, I have direction through his through your presence. Say it with me. I have direction through your presence. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I have direction. Even though I... Walk through the valley of shadow of death. Wait, before we get there, he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness. I'm going to let you know that God, as he's ordering your steps, it's a path of righteousness that he wants us to go on. But if I'm reading this right, when he says, you lead me in paths of righteousness for your namesake, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, if I'm if I'm following your path, even though I'm following your path, there are some times it seems like death is around me, and that there's there's danger around me, and that there's some evil that around me. And why am I why am I going down that path? Uh, am I running away from you? No, he's saying I have got paths of righteousness, but while you're on this path, uh, you may go through some valleys because there's some people there who are down and out and who are away that they need to see the glory of God, they need to see the love of God, uh, they need to hear about the peace of God and they need to see that somebody is able to keep their eyes on Jesus in this world and so no matter where you go realize that righteousness is with you the Holy Spirit is with you don't go down a path looking for evil but your journey may take you down some paths like you're wondering why am I here but there's a purpose when you're being led by the Holy Spirit because God has called us to, to speak to those who are lost in away. It's not for us to get tied up in the weeds. It's not for us to get onto the path that is evil. It's saying that this journey that we're on may lead us to some places that are uncomfortable. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if we just always stay on great place lit roads that never, never have potholes, never have any issues, right? You ever been down a a street and GPS says turn here and you turn and you're like, this doesn't feel right. But here's the one thing I know, if you'll stay on it and listen, it'll get you back on the right path. It may seem grim, it may seem bad, but there's a purpose It's going to get you over here. And even in this journey, in our walk with the Lord, there may be some paths that we take. We're like, what, what is this about? Keep trusting the Lord. Now you can do this if you're listening to the voice of God not doing your own thing, not just wandering off on your own path, but you're listening to where he's leading you, if we trust the Lord that he leads us and, and that he directs the steps of the righteous, then he's not going to take us down the wrong path. When That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to sow seeds of doubt. But when we have the seed of faith in our life, overcoming doubt, Why am I here? Ask it the right way. Not in a way of desperate, why am I here? Why is this going on? Why is this happening? Anybody been in that tone of voice before? Why am I experiencing this? Why did this happen? But we can ask the same question in a different way. Lord, why am I here? What's your purpose? I know you have a purpose when you're guiding my steps. I may not see what's happening and why this is, but there's something that you have lined up for me. You have a divine encounter waiting to happen, and I've got to trust you, Lord, so why am I here? My eyes are open, my ears are open, my heart is open to hear what you're saying for me at this moment. There's a different way to ask the question versus woe is me. Lord, help us understand when we're listening to your voice, You're guiding and you're directing our steps. So even though we walk in a valley of shadow of death, I am not going to fear the evil that's around. Because if God is leading me through this valley, there's a purpose. And He doesn't want me to be led by fear. He wants me to be led by faith. And I'm not going to let fear uh, surround me. I'm not going to let fear choke me. I'm not going to let fear take over me. I'm going to let fear be dismissed. I'm going to let faith arise and I'm going to walk with the anointing that God has given us. We're going to walk and you need to go ahead and say right now, I'm going to walk in the anointing of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. For you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. This is how he gives us direction. This rod and his staff that directs us, that Keeps us on the right path when we start swaying off and we feel a little nudge. Don't reject the nudging of the Holy Spirit. He is there to get us back on the right. That nudge is called conviction. And conviction doesn't mean you always did the the most horrible sin. Aren't you glad for a little conviction? I, I want the little conviction to be active in my life because I don't want to face the big conviction. I'm glad for the big conviction when I was a sinner and away from God and I, and, I, and I wasn't living for Him and the big conviction came on a heavy conviction that you need to get it right with the Lord. You need to give your heart to him. You need to surrender all to him. And that's a conviction that we're fighting, that when somebody's in the flesh and they're fighting because they want to do the things of this world, but there's this something within them that's saying that I I want to be drawn to God. And there's this battle. Paul talks about this battle between flesh and the spirit, uh, but uh, that's a heavy conviction. The little convictions, and when you're walking in righteousness, but, but the flesh rise up just a little bit because how many still has the flesh on you? And the Holy Spirit just gives you a little nudge. You know that's not right. No, you're right. That's not right. I, I need to change that. Anybody ever get frustrated because you don't know why you're frustrated? Let me say that again. Anybody ever get frustrated because you don't know what? I dealt with that yesterday. I got frustrated. It happened. I was working here at the church. I got frustrated. You're like, is this, this is a holy place, but you can still get frustrated here. I, didn't. I don't know what happened, what came over me. Something happened, and I got frustrated and i carried that frustration and i was home last night and i was praying uh, getting ready for a day and i was like lord i don't want i don't know why i'm feeling this way i need this i, I don't want to be like this the holy spirit speaking to me you, you you don't need to stay in this frustration don't you wish it was easier just to shake it off as you say it i had to work through that good thing this morning i woke up his, ner- his mercies are new every morning amen I'm not carrying that frustration today, but something was grabbing a hold. I don't know what it was, but, but God, I surrender those sayings. That was, was he pleading with me? Was he working on me? What, what was going on? But there's this frustration. But here's one thing I know. Your rod, your staff, you comfort me. You want me to get back in the right line. You want my thinking to be right. I don't want to stay. I'm just being vulnerable. I don't want to stay in a mood of frustration. Because it doesn't just make me uncomfortable. It makes everybody else around me uncomfortable. Not saying anything happened last night. Are you going to like, you know, all's good? Nobody did anything. I was frustrated within something else. But I just knew when I'm in that moment, it's like, I really didn't want to be around anybody. I just wanted to get alone. And that's not just hiding. It's like, God, I need you to work on me. Something's got to change. So, Lord, we yield to you in this. We sang about this just a little bit ago, but look at verse 5 and listen to this. The first one, there's three points I want you to pull out of this one. First one is, I have assurance through your presence. Say it with me. I have assurance through your presence. The first part of verse 5 says this, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My wife and I were traveling. She brought up a message uh, that uh, is a message series, a six-part series series. And Lula Giglio preached this, and I actually heard him preach uh, this, not in person, but I watched uh, the message online about a year ago. And the message was, don't give a seat to the enemy at your table. And so we pulled that up, and she began to play. We began to listen to this six part, a couple hours long, but we were traveling, so we took it in bits and pieces. I'm not preaching that message as a good message, but I take part of that to share with you he's prepared a table before you before me in the presence of my enemies you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies the 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 picture is that there's a table and jesus wants us to dine with him but the enemy is watching what's going on and louis giglio is saying now in that setting make sure you don't invite the enemy to come sit with you and that's what happens sometimes but we see this picture that in the, even in the midst of my enemies, you're with me. And not only are you just with me, but you're preparing a feast that I can sit and dine with you. How many knows that God wants to have a, a fellowship with you in the midst of everything? And so I said I wasn't going to get in some deep words, but the enemy's sicking out to me. And I'm like, I just want to look that up a little bit more. And so in the Hebrew, there's a, the, the word can be vexer or harasser. Maybe that'll connect with some of you. These, these enemies that you're like, I don't know, but there's people who harass you. They vex you. They, they're trying to bring intimidation or tease you. And the enemy wants to use that to bring you down. But the best thing, the best way to deal with that, not to retaliate against them, but to have a conversation with Jesus at the table. Sit with your Lord your savior, your comforter, the one who assures you, the one who gives you direction, the one who gives you peace, the one who gives you strength. Don't listen to the one who's trying to bring you down and destroy you and and make you feel little. Listen to the one who is in you who says uh, and uh, you're able to say greater is he that is in me than is in this world uh, That's who I am I, I'm a son or or a daughter of God. I'm a child of the king uh, I don't care what they're saying uh, I'm not going to give ear to that They can go ahead and talk 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 But my confidence uh, and my comfort and my security my uh, My self-esteem is not based on people. It's based on my relationship with Jesus Christ Now listen to how I said that not just all on Jesus. uh, It's based on my relationship. You have to have a relationship to feel the affirmation from God. Because that's what everybody's looking for. They're in search of of, of, of being accepted by God. They don't know how to be accepted. You talk about this relationship. I don't feel all those things. But when you're in right relationship, you begin to feel the affirmingness of the Spirit of God in our life the right way. Uh, He comforts us. Uh, I know I've used that word a lot, but there's people in this world that right now who are watching. You need the comfort of the Holy Spirit with you. But it's going to happen through the relationship with God. Some of you have experienced some hard things. Some of you have experienced disappointment and discouragement and and even questioning. And you're you're saying, I know that the Lord has something better, but you're searching. What does that mean? Well, take confidence today. Sit at the table with Jesus. Have that conversation again, not to preach his message, but if you think about what he was saying, Louis Giglio, he's got this, and he did an illustrated sermon, had a big table with a lot of food on it when I was watching it. So the idea, it wasn't a fast food McDonald's cheeseburger. I mean, the guys, when we were working outside this week, we, we got some McDoubles and some French fries. We had a quick conversation. We weren't sitting there like, oh, this is so delicious. I love this. How's yours? In fact, we were like, you know what? We heard that they're starting to microwave their sandwiches. I mean, we got onto, we got into the conversation like this is not, but the, that's not the picture in Psalms 23. There wasn't microwave potatoes on the table. There wasn't frozen carrots that just got warmed up. This is a meal prepared that we can sit together, a five-course dinner that we can take time To be in the presence of the Lord. We need to take time. To be in his presence. Sunday night. This past Sunday night. We we had planned to have a. A team leadership meeting. Training and. Just there's going to be some fellowship. But we we changed gears. But we called a prayer meeting. I want to let you know. The power of God. The presence of the Lord. Was here. Because we took time. We didn't get in a hurry. We We didn't. We didn't rush. His presence was so real. So, Lord, we want to yield to you. We want to take time in your presence. Also, in verse 5, the second part of the verse says, You anoint my head with oil. Go ahead and make this declaration from the top of the screen. I have an anointing through your presence. Go ahead and say it again. I have an anointing through your presence. Anointing is not just going to come because someone pours oil on you. We do believe on the laying on of hands. We do pray, believe praying for people. Lord, anoint them. But you have to have that time with God to have that anointing. We were talking about a, a minister this morning in a little prayer meeting that God has used in the church of God, Floyd LeHon, I remember seeing him at General Assembly just a, a few years ago, right before we came here. So about a little over five years ago, and uh, we were having a, a Pentecostal fire Pentecostal service, and it was on a Friday night. And, and And the general receiver had him come up to begin to pray with people. He had his Bible in his hand, and, and he started just touching people, and and they, they were falling out all I mean, all over the place, not because of a man, but because of the anointing. And I want to let you know that that anointing doesn't just rest on one person, but there's a price to be paid to have that that anointing. But I want to let you know that God wants to anoint every person who's hearing this today. There's an anointing over your life. You have an anointing when you wake up in the morning. You have an anointing that covers you when you go out in the day. Don't leave your house without the anointing of God. Because that's when... The things of this world begin to taint you, begin to stick on you, but the anointing of God repels those things. Lord, help us be people of your anointing, walking in the fullness of your anointing. How many wants the fullness of his anointing today? Willing to seek after, ready to press in. God, pour out your anointing on me. Can I just pause there? i am told you I'm not going to be in a hurry this morning. When I think about the picture in the Old Testament of them anointing the high priest, and they would pour that oil over them. just think about that. that. That means that you have to subject yourself to everybody seeing you get drenched with oil. And some people are too prideful to let that happen. I'm not just talking about spirit or physical oil. I'm now talking about the spiritual. There's some people who are so prideful they don't want the, I don't know if I, I don't want God to move on me to dance like that. Well, David danced before the Lord. Don't be ashamed. Now, don't work it up if it's not God. But when God moves on you, don't be afraid to, to raise your hand. Don't be, a, don't be afraid to, to, to get moved in the in the presence of the Lord. Don't, let, don't be afraid because He's not to harm you. He's not to make you look foolish. To, he's here to, to move through you. God is alive. He's moving. And there's sometimes we don't know how to express it. I want to be able to worship him freely. Lord, help us experience your presence in the real way. I have an anointing. You anoint my head with oil. He's covering us. If you want to overcome the enemy's presence, it's through his presence. Who needs to overcome the enemy presence in your life because he's been showing up at the table trying to take a seat? Make sure he doesn't even get close enough that he can grab the chair. But if he gets there and he begins to try to sit down, you've got to have an annoyance. uh uh-uh, mister, you're not sitting there. If it's somebody that is bringing you down, I'm getting real right now. If it's somebody in your circle and in, in your life that's bringing you down, and they're getting ready to sit down and try to bring you to you, no, you're not welcome this time. I've put up with it enough, dude in love. But you've got to put a draw a line. I'm not taking this anymore. I'm not handling this anymore. This is not of God. You try to keep bringing me down. I'm not having it. God's not having it. And I'm an anointed person. Amen. You're welcome to sit if you'll talk right. Some of us need to take control of our homes. When those family members come over and don't know how to have a clean mouth, you raise them better than that and they want to cuss like Sager, you go ahead and say, this is my house. You're welcome here, but if you're going to talk like that, you're not allowed to be in here. That's just the rules. I love you and I want to be around you, but I love God more and I can't handle that because all that is bringing me down. I'm going to stand up for righteousness for my house. Amen. Now, that may not be too popular, but if I say that, they'll leave. Let them leave and then pray, God, move on their hearts to realize. How many knows that you can pray over them, and God wants to do a work in them? But when will they ever be open for a work of God if they keep having their own way? They got to feel some uncomfortableness because it may lead into the conviction of the Holy Spirit that opens their heart. Is that okay today? This third part of verse 5. I have an abundance through your presence. Say it with me. I have an abundance through your presence. He says this, my cup runs over. Overflowing. There's an overflowing of God's presence, an overflowing of his anointing when we draw close to him. God is not lacking I loved it when I was, was listening to the message. He, he was making a reference. It's like, oh no, you can't have any more. We just ran out. How many knows that God doesn't run out? Amen? Amen? You can't have any more of that. We, they're, they're, the supply's low. No, we always tell people in our buffet lines uh, make sure. When you're first in line, that you're considerate of all those behind you. Don't take three pieces of chicken; there may not be enough. uh, But if you'll just get one right now, we'll see what's. How many knows we've never run out? (laughs) I'm, I'm sometimes surprised. I look at the crowd and I look at the food. I'm like, Oh Lord, we need that miracle again that you did with the fish and the bread, you know. And but God always comes through, right? God doesn't run out of His anointing for us. God doesn't run out of His love for us. God doesn't run out of His mercy for us. God doesn't run out of His compassion for us. God doesn't run out of His healing for us. God does not run out of power. He is Almighty God. Amen? Listen to verse 6. Under this thought, I have a promise for your presence. Say that. I have a promise For your presence. One more time, I have a promise for your presence. He says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I believe we have a promise for his presence now and for eternity. We have a promise if we'll yield to him, he'll be with us. We have a promise if we submit to Him and walk with Him that He's always guarding us and guiding us and protecting us. We have a promise that the enemy can't snatch us out of His hand when we're yielded to Him and we're following Him. And again, I keep saying if because it's on us to follow Jesus. Jesus says this Himself. You have to pick up your cross daily. Follow me. Meaning making a decision today. I'm going to follow you. Make the decision to stay on chorus with Him. So are you ready to do the Bible? Now I'm going to read this and I'm going to give you a thought. We're going to end with this again here in a moment. But listen right now. This week, read Jeremiah chapter 1. Read verses 4 and 5. Not a lot to read today. And then go back and read Psalms 23. And I want you to pray this. Lord, I believe you were speaking into my life before I was born. Your spirit covers me and protects me. Help me remember and live out your words of affirmation, consecration, and expectation for my life. We'll come back to that. Listen to these verses. Then the Lord of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in your womb, I knew you, or in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Listen one more time. This is the word of the Lord to Jeremiah. He said before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. He says, even before you were in the womb, I knew you. How is that possible? I don't know. We'll find out when we're in when we get to when to get to heaven. But He knows everything, past, present, future. Everything that ever is and will be, God already knows. And he knew who you were going to be, when you were going to be, at what time and what season you were going to be, even before you were born. Here's my thought today. Just like newborn babies looking for their mother and father when they recognize her voice for the first time out of the womb. Have you, you've, you've heard those stories. The mom and dad, they're always talking to that baby. During those nine months of pregnancy, they're calling out their name. They're see, listen, we've got to do this. Go ahead and speak life into the unborn. They need to hear it. There's some who'll play music and do all kinds of things. And once that baby's born, and, and the mom says, Oh, that's Hannah. They're looking, right? They recognize the voice. But I want to say that God is already speaking. He spoke to you when you were in your mother's womb. He began to call out your name. Ken, I've got a plan for your life. I've got a destiny for your life. John, I know the path I want you to go on. I know how I'm going to keep my hand on you throughout your life. I'm going to keep you. And this is why it's so important, because we need to recognize the voice of God who spoke to us in the womb. So this is what happens that first time that God begins to call out your name, Duncan. You begin to stand up and listen. He's like, I've recognized that voice. I've heard that voice before. This is not the first time I've heard his voice. Because God knew you even before you were born. He was speaking your name. He was speaking to David. David, I want you to be a shepherd. I've got a a bigger plan for you. You're going to be a king one day. But I've got a plan for you to be a shepherd. I want you to learn how to take care of the flock because you're going to take care of the people. That's why when the Lord begins to speak to us and begins to speak into our lives a calling, it doesn't sound so strange because we're like, you know what, that, I kind of connect with that. I, I, I kind of... I kind of feel that is what the Lord wants. I don't know why I've never had this path, but when, the Lord, when I felt the Lord has called me to do this, I, 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 I feel like that's right. You know why? Because God has already been speaking that to you. You're just now remembering because you don't remember when you're first born what you're going to be. You, you can't remember all those things, but when God begins to speak, something within you begins to connect with the voice of God, and He reminds you, I've already called you. I've already preordained you. I already have a path for you. I already have a calling for you. I already have an anointing for you I have a plan for your life Uh, just remember and just remember the voice of the Lord who spoke into your life so read this again let's do the Bible read Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 and 5 read Psalms 23 and pray this prayer with great expectation and great conviction that you believe this is real Lord, I believe you were speaking into my life before I was born. I think we need to pray into that right now. Someone needs to hear that. Someone who may be watching this later on, you may need to send this message to somebody else. They need to hear that God knows them and he knew them before they were born. And that when they begin to hear some things that that sounds contrary to the world, it's the voice of God and that they need to be pulling back in and because it sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. They can't put their finger on it. Where where did I hear this voice before? It's the voice of the Lord that's been speaking to you when you were in your mother's womb before anyone else knew you. God heard us. I was in a prayer meeting this week, and the pastors, they were talking about the unborn, about the the life chain, and he said that this came across an email. A mother sent it to him. This is what her eight-year-old son said to her. Think about the the deepness of this. He says, Mom, when I was in your your belly, no one heard your heartbeat from the inside except for me. And now when I hug you, our hearts are having a play date. Now all the moms are crying in the room. But I want to say there is somebody else who's heard the heartbeat from within, and it's God. He knows you, every part of you. And he wants you to surrender everything to him because he has a good plan. Lord, I believe you were speaking into my life before I was born. How do we deal with this? When some are born in some hard situations, when they're not born in Christian homes, They were born into a drug addict's home or an alcoholic's home. When they're being even cast out of homes, they had to be brought up in foster care and all that. How how do we handle this scripture? We still go back to it. God knew that child and has a plan for their life. And that's where the church comes in. We've got to be the light of the world. We've got to be the light of the world. Some of you have some hard life stories of growing up. But God has brought you here. How many is glad for the grace of God that you're safe in his hand right now? How many believe that there are others in that need to hear your story so that they'll have hope because that God wants to keep them in his hand also? I'm trying to finish as you stand up and our musicians come back. Your spirit covers me and protects me. Help me remember and live out your words. This is where it's on us. This living out. Everybody say living out. Living out. Lord, help me live out the, after your affirmation. The consecration, that anointing. That's a, that word consecration is another word for anointing. An expectation. I want to let you know God has an expectation for your life. So this call is is simple. If you're here this morning, I just want you to find a place to stand around these altars. Maybe kneel, maybe sit on the front row, sit on the stage, but just bask in His presence for a few moments and know that nothing's impossible for God. Nothing is too hard for Him. There's been people who's overcome cancer, but it's by the hand of God because he knew your inner parts of where to be healed, what to be touched. And God is able to do it again today. Some people are being broken or healed of broken hearts. God is able to restore relationships. God is able to mend. Nothing's too hard. Nothing's too hard. So will you respond to the word this morning? Find a place. I just feel led just to let you have a time with the Lord. Just like when you were in your mother's womb alone God was with you there. He wants you to be right here. Come back to that place. Remember the voice of the Lord. Will you come and pray this morning? Seek his face. Hallelujah. Faithfulness, and I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend. There is beauty in what I can't understand. Jesus, it's You. Jesus, it's You. Not believe. You're the wonder-working God And we you heal because you love. Oh, the miracles will see You're too good to not believe Too good to not believe Too good to not believe And I can't resurrect a man But just the mention of your name can raise the dead. So all the glory to the only one who can Jesus. It's so Lord, I pray a prayer over this congregation. You have done too many things not to believe how good you are. You've done too many things in our own lives. Every one of us could share a testimony of your goodness. Now I pray a covering over this congregation until they're able to come back together some tonight. Many next week, we pray over those who are sick in body. Lord, bring them up, raise them up, heal them, O Lord. Those who've been fighting uh, different disease and illness, we come against that in the name of Jesus. Keep us, Lord, until we're able to come back together again. Amen. Let's say this before we leave. Are you ready? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. See you tonight. God bless.